0: This is episode two of Toxic, the podcast. I'm Jason Fagoni,
1: and I'm Cynthia Dizekas.
0: And the podcast has changed. We we uh, we had big plans,
1: very big plans, big plans,
0: ambitious plans. Uh, we are in some ways scaling back, but also doing something that's maybe a little bit uh, more ambitious in, in terms of frequency. So basically, we we started out with this idea that we were going to do like a narrative podcast, right? Like a sort of like a produced radio piece, and what happened was, as we started getting more into this story of uh, the Hunter's Point shipyard and radioactive contamination there, I think some of the stories that we wrote kind of broke uh, a couple of things loose, and uh, the story changed, and it became a much faster moving story wouldn't you say
1: yes so in the interim between when our last episode ran and what we're doing now a lot of things have gone on and we've been writing you know weekly bi-weekly stories and so we really felt like um a podcast that was more reflective of that would be done in sort of more short order so that's what we're trying to do here um, and
0: we're going to do this uh, weekly from now on, right? Yep, that's so the plan. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about what we're doing uh, that week, what we're working on. Uh, we're going to bring people in and talk to them. And uh, if we have ongoing investigations, we're going to talk about what we can about that work. Uh, but the idea is to have it be uh, more of a conversation, a little more informal. Uh, Doing we are we did one episode of a narrative style podcast and realized that it's it's an incredible amount of work (laughs) It's really really a lot of work, Uh, but we also like the idea of being able to talk about uh, uh, what's sort of uh, breaking and uh, and what we find interesting uh, on a week-to-week basis, so uh, We want to hear from you you can contact us through toxic podcast on Twitter DMs are open our email addresses are there too And we want to hear, uh, obviously, if you have tips for us, but also what would you like to know? Uh, What are we not explaining well? Is there any topic that uh, you'd like us to explore? Uh, What could we be explaining better? So today we're going to review what we've published since our first podcast episode, which was about uh, a strange building at the Hunter's Point Shipyard called Building 606. Uh, where we left the story off was We published this big story about building 606 We talked to a bunch of city employees Who had worked there for years In the middle of this Superfund waste site uh, And had been told by the city that they were, they were safe it Turns out that there are a lot of reasons To believe that they could have been exposed To dangerous things um, So we published that We did the podcast episode about that uh, We had already done a story at that point About a different part of the shipyard uh, Known as Parcellet, right? Right. So Parcelet is where uh, they've already started to build homes. It's been declared clean, uh, totally safe since about 2004. Um, and after we and some other reporters in, in the Bay Area um, raised questions about Parcelet and whether it was really as, as clean as it had been declared to be, um, the state stepped in earlier this year and said um, to put everyone's mind at ease, to put the homeowners there at ease, Um, we are going to do a radiation scan of Parcellet. And we're going to make sure that there's no dangerous radiation there so that everybody can go back to their lives and and not worry about it. And uh, as a result of this scan, they actually found something.
1: They did. And that's where our first um, breaking news kind of stories on this topic take off. So that's where we'll start today.
0: So coming up, we will tell you about that. Cindy, did you think that we were going to be doing a lot of stories about this when we did our first one?
1: I thought they were going to be... I I guess I sort of thought they were going to be more on our schedule. Like, we had identified stories, and we would work on those stories and they would be these longer term projects and then the news of everything overtook that right
0: I'll all start breaking loose yes
1: and that really started for us after our last story with a place called parcel a which we mentioned in the intro here and um uh parcel a is an area of the shipyard where there are Homes. There are hundreds of homes. They've been there for years, and it's long been considered the safest place of the shipyard. And as Jason mentioned earlier, uh, they there there has been questions recently about whether or not it is safe. And so, um, as a result of that. The state started scanning the parcel, so all around where people are living, where some people are working, to see if there were any there was any radioactivity there. And meanwhile, in the background, we're working on our stories as the scan is going on. And then in September, we get this email, right, that had been sent to the homeowners on Parcel A.
0: And I, had, I think both of us had not expected that they were going to find anything. Right? No
1: one thought they were. Yeah. Well, the city didn't think they were going to find anything.
0: Well, they, they've said a million times that right. this part of the shipyard is totally clean, right? right. I mean, they've, they've said it's in uh, Board of Supervisors hearings in project documents and emails. And it's just it's sort of like the consensus. It's yeah. the line. There's nothing there. There's no radi- radiological history on, on this part of the shipyard. They didn't do any radioactive work there. There's no reason to believe that there should be anything there. It's, it's totally cool. Don't worry about it. Build, right. build, build the homes. Uh, live your life. Play in and, the uh, playgrounds. yeah and on right and and on top of that the uh there were critics who said that the state's scan was really inadequate that it was this the scan wasn't going to be capable of finding uh radioactive objects uh, beyond a certain sort of obvious level right right um so it had no had no expectation that anything would be found, and then uh lo and behold, they find uh something called a deck marker
1: yeah, and it's but in this email to homeowners, it's presented really. Um, as as an anomaly an anomaly right that was the word like many paragraphs in or a few paragraphs in to they found nothing they found nothing but there was this
0: there was this anomaly right and so what is the anomaly it's a it's a deck marker that the navy used to use these by the thousands back when the shipyard was still active right in the 40s 50s and 60s and they they're like these little silver dollar sized um uh discs that contain a a quantity of radium-226. So radium is um, a radioactive element originally discovered by Marie Curie. Uh, The measure of radioactivity is named after her, the Curie, and radium eventually killed her because it's a very potent emitter of radiation. Uh, If you've ever heard the story of the Radium Girls, kind of a tragic story of women who worked in factories in the 1910s, 1920s, painting the -the glow-in-the-dark dials of watches and instrument gauges because that's what it was used for um by companies and by the navy it it would uh, create a glow-in-the-dark effect it was was radioluminescent so the navy used these radioluminescent deck markers all over the base to light it up at night so that sailors could find their way and um and then when uh they they were done with them they would just uh toss them uh wherever and, uh, and there are landfills full of hundreds of these across the shipyard that have been found in other areas outside of the, the home area, but, but never in the home area. Right. So, so we get this email that they, they found a radioactive deck marker and it's like, okay, drop everything because everything that we know about A, the, the home area is, is now wrong because there were, there was not supposed to be anything like this here. So what is this thing? Where did it come from? Why was it missed before?
1: Exactly. I mean, these are like huge pivotal questions that are suddenly rising to the top of, you know, the list on what was done at the cleanup and wasn't.
0: Right. So so what did we find out about the deck marker initially?
1: So initially, so, you know, we get this information and we're trying to figure out like the homeowners, like anyone else who's gotten this, what does it mean? Right. And I I don't know about you, but I didn't know that much about deck markers.
0: Um, yeah, I mean they're they're very rare objects, right? Yeah, uh,
1: and they're, and they're relative to the other um, objects and other types of radioactivity out on the shipyard. They are pretty concentrated. I mean they're high level radioactive objects. And yeah, there's
0: enough there's enough radium in in uh, inside uh, deck marker to kill you, right? If it were to leak out, if you were to ingest it or um, directly,
1: right? And and so what we set out to do was try to find out, okay. Um, we know what this thing is, but how dangerous was it? How dangerous is it? And so we went to experts and we talked to them about that. And of course, we went to the state agency, um, the, the California Department of Public Health that had found it. And um, the health department basically told us, in the city and the EPA and the Navy, right? Uh, all yeah, everyone. Basically said, like, this, where it was found, did not pose a health hazard, to anyone on the parcel, and they dismissed it as basically this is not that significant.
0: Right. So they said that it was found. It wasn't found directly next to any homes. Right. It was behind a fence. Uh, it was in an unoccupied area of the parcel. Right. It was found under, buried under ten inches of soil. Um, There's no evidence that anybody had been exposed to it. They removed it as soon as they found it, and they said that they cleaned up the any any contamination that could have been uh, leached from the deck marker in the area around it. They didn't find anything. Therefore, no problem, it's been taken care of. Um, But then they also, uh, they went a step further, didn't they? And they said that the object itself uh, is not really capable of causing any harm. They called it a low-level object.
1: Right, I mean the statements really, so there's, you know, was it causing harm to people living there, but then is the object in and of itself a hazard? And, and the statements th- indicated it wasn't
0: right. The statements also said the object the object is essentially harmless, right? Um, and that's not true. So we asked the state for uh, the radiation readings of the object. They they provided them, and once we got the readings, we translated them into a measure that's a little bit easier to understand, which is um, the equivalent dose that you would get from a dental X ray. Um, and it turned out that the, the object, even 10 inches under soil, if you measured it right on top of the soil above the object, uh, it's producing a dose of radiation that's equal to 526 dental x-rays uh, per year. And um, that's way beyond the EPA safety limit for super yeah. sites. Like, it's not even close. Uh, and it turns out that that's not even the, the maximum dose from this thing, because when they measured it on contact, um, you know, it was much, much higher dose, uh, w- well beyond, uh, anything that's allowed by the EPA for these sites. So in the danger, the, the fear with these things is that they're kind of cool looking, right? Like they're, they're shiny and, uh, um, maybe a kid would pick one up found him in the dirt. Uh, and the other fear is that if you live on top of one, that's maybe not great because you have, a um, an object that's emitting radiation 24 hours, uh, a day, seven days a week. 365 days a year, and you don't know about it.
1: Right. I mean, the, exactly. And that gets at... It's a little bit of a kind of confusing thing to explain, but um, it's the, the sort of misleading aspect of the statement that I think we got about the radioactivity, the level of radioactivity, yeah. and the reality. A lot of
0: what we have been doing lately, I feel like, is trying to figure out what it, these agencies are really saying in their statements and how they're, how they're sort of using words to... Uh, <laughs> To send you in one direction when you really need to be going in another direction, it's like parsing the parsing these statements and how they use language has been a real challenge
1: right so in in like this case, we asked about the level of radioactivity, and as you said, um it was presented as equivalent to a dental x-ray or a cross country flight, and both of these things are momentary right, exposures, right. relatively brief exposures to radiation. But as Jason was saying, a deck marker has the possibility, if it is close to you or under your house, to be exposing you constantly. Basically,
0: they gave us the dose in terms of the hourly dose. And they compared it to the radiation dose that you would get from a a, a dental x-ray or a plane flight, right? right? But the danger is that it's there uh, all of the time. It's emitting constantly, unlike a dental x-ray, and that you live on top of it. So if your bedroom is on top of one of these buried deck markers, you could be getting a dose every day of your life.
1: Right. Exactly. And so even though this deck marker wasn't a place that the experts we talked to also said was likely not posing an immediate threat to anyone who lives on the parcel right now, the fact is it is actually a dangerous object. And so that was our um, a sort of, you know, our reporting challenge was to walk that line and explain that to people in the stories that we wrote about this.
0: Right. We were trying to explain it. And then you found the feral cat woman, which I think, <laughs> I think greatly improved So we
1: actually, this was um, the photographer on the story who, our colleague here, a great photographer, um, was out at the shipyard getting photos of the area where, um, I'm so glad you mentioned that, um, out in the area where they found this deck marker and there was a woman who was walking by and she is one of the many artists who has been out at the shipyard in some buildings that they are leasing uh the city is leasing to the artists i believe um and so anyway she's one of the artists out there and has been like many of the artists she will feed the cats that are roaming the area there and she actually had been going behind this fence um, or through this opening in the fence to feed the cats right next to where this deck marker was found and that was such a um it was such a good um, person to talk to in this sense because, you know, you have the official line that, no, this area is closed off from the public, there's a fence there, but in reality, right. it's very accessible. And, and of course, that um impact. And
0: now people are emailing me and saying that we should go try to measure the cats to see if they're <laughs> <laughs> they're radioactive, which I have no idea if that's even possible uh, or, or plausible, but... I if did, if you're listening
1: email. to this, you can email yeah, Jason. If you, know anything, about if you, <laughs> you can email me about
0: radioactive cats if you know anything about how cats would absorb radiation dose from a very deck, so, deck market. So
1: anyway, but the I guess the point of that is we um there there are these official statements that we get about things, and then there seems to be the reality on the ground at the shipyard, which in this case, you know, there was the the official line that everyone has been told for the last decade or more that this area is, is free of any type of dangerous uh, radioactivity. Yeah. And a lot
0: of the issues uh, with the cleanup are issues of trust, right? That people have been told things that, that turn out to be not true um, by the public agencies that are uh, supposed to be watching over. And so a lot, tr- a lot of trust has been lost in uh, particularly the Navy, but also the city. and makes it hard for people who live in the homes to believe the next thing that, that they're being told about where they live. So 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 what it, what hap- what was the result of the deck marker? How did this what it, did anything new happen because it was found? they're They're still scanning for radiation on the home area, right?
1: Right. So they're finishing up the scan. They're 90 percent done with like the I think they're 90 percent done right now. Um, but there was some talk at least from the homeowners that we talked to that there might be additional scanning because of that we haven't heard anything official from any of the agencies that would do that
0: right and we haven't gotten the final report on the result of the scan to know if they found anything else or not
1: no exactly so um
0: but a lot of the homeowners wanted them to uh to expand the scan after the deck marker was found right to actually scan inside their homes which they weren't going to do originally
1: exactly scan
0: more areas do something more comprehensive
1: and I think now there's a question of whether or not there will be some kind of more comprehensive scanning.
0: Right. Okay. So at Parcel A, you had the authorities saying uh, for years that it was fine. And they really, they had never done a thorough search for radiation. They, they didn't really know what was there. They were saying that they knew what was there. And the first time they do a search, they find something. Um, and so what you have at, at Parcellet, where people live now, is you have a problem with a, a gap in data. There's data you really need to know that it's safe that you don't actually have because you never gathered it before. And da- data and problems yeah, with why? data, issues with data are really a big, big issue at, at the shipyard generally. right?
1: I feel like we write about data a lot. Why is yeah, it? Yeah, we, we say the word, data, say the word all the data, data all the time. We say the word data all the
0: time.
1: Why is it such
0: so, a big deal? So fundamentally, uh, uh, radiation is invisible. And um, you, it's, it can be hurting you without you ever knowing. So the, the, the levels of radiation at the shipyard are not levels that would give you um, like radiation burns like from a Chernobyl-type meltdown or uh, atomic bomb. It's, it's, a, it's a lower level of radiation that can, that can still hurt you uh, in a latent way. So it, it's, um, it's a dose that can damage uh, DNA inside your cells in a way that could cause cancer, 15 years from now or 20 years from now or 30 years from now. Um, So it's something that can be hurting you um, without you ever knowing. And so it places just paramount importance on, um, on getting measurements of what's in the ground and getting data of what's actually there um, so that you can look at numbers and see what's there. And if, if you can't look at the numbers, you don't know what's there. And if there, if the numbers are troubling, if if there's something wrong with the numbers if the numbers are faked or fraudulent or falsified or if um if you haven't gotten the numbers then you really are in a bad place cuz you don't you fundamentally don't know what is there you don't know what the reality is right and um we've looked at this in other ways in other places in the shipyard uh, on another story that we did about a, a part of the shipyard that at one point was going to be the site of the new 49ers uh, football stadium before they decided to build somewhere else. Uh, but this is, this is a 40-acre uh, piece of the shipyard car- called Parcel G. It's it's further south, closer to the water than Parcel A. And uh, this is the place, this is kind of like the the test, the first place where the Navy is is actually going to perform a new round of Uh, radiation searches and get new data because they can't trust the data that was already gathered there because of the big uh, scandal that we've been covering, which is um, questions about falsified data by the company that was taking all of the radiation measurements for the last uh, uh, many years since uh, 2002. So uh, the Navy is going to begin retesting the shipyard. They're going to begin it at this place called Parcel G. They released a report earlier this year and the report it turns out to be uh, kind of mind mind blowing uh, it's it's yeah. how would you describe it
1: well i think so they, they released their report and so almost immediately there was a um, this is the report on how they, they might go about retesting the parcel right yeah. so and, the, so
0: the old contractor screwed up all the all the yeah. radiation measurements they can't trust any of this data and they have to take new measurements. So they, the Navy releases a plan saying this is how we're going to do it.
1: Exactly. And so almost immediately after that, there was criticism from environmental groups and experts about the way they were going to do that. Yeah. But then, and to be so, honest,
0: these groups these groups don't like pretty much everything that happens at the shipyard, right? Like, right. Like right, we, right. we hear from them on a extremely regular basis. Yeah,
1: so. and and they pretty much think the cleanup has not been done right since yeah. the beginning.
0: But even even. Even with this, uh, their reaction was unusual. Like they, they seemed, they seemed uh, c- confused by it.
1: Yeah, and 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 even sort of more surprising was a, a sort of as I guess the weeks proceeded, we started getting responses from other government agencies. So this is from the EPA and from the California Department of Public Health and of Toxic Substances, and they also are voicing. Pretty serious concerns with the Navy's plan. I mean, yeah. calling it unscientific, saying it won't—you know—if they proceed on this path, it won't protect human health. Yeah. I mean, and and this is all in
0: this is all couched in like couched bureaucratic bureaucratic very bureaucratic language, right? Bureaucratic
1: <laughs> language, but it is the equivalent. Yeah. I think we wrote in one story. What did you?
0: It's like standing, it's the EPA equivalent of like standing on a chair and screaming, which, which actually is like a very polite sentence, you know, politely <laughs> right. disagreeing with something that Navy's doing.
1: But, but no, it was, it was pretty shocking actually from people who watch, you know, really read all of these discussions and back and forth between the agencies that there was clearly a, a real disagreement between these government agencies about how to go about right. doing the retesting.
0: And the Navy made this uh, remarkable claim in the report which is uh, a report about how they're going to how they're going to retest this piece of the shipyard, take new radiation measurements and in this report they make a claim that they've never made before which is that 80% of the shipyard uh, dirt that was already removed as a radioactive waste in in past years probably didn't need to be removed at all. All of that all of that soil was probably clean, and therefore, God knows how many millions of dollars were, were wasted cleaning right. up soil that was already clean.
1: And and so attached to that claim, right? So we, we had seen this; other people had seen it. Was this sort of uh, parenthetical citation to an Argon study? And of course, we were really interested to see that study because it was apparently making this pretty incredible claim. And um, and so then we got that study. And what were your thoughts when we opened the PDF of that study? Right. The, so the Argonne study. The Argonne study. So, okay. yeah. so,
0: so the Navy described this as uh, as a study created by Argonne National Laboratory, right, which is a, a legitimate, well-regarded, uh, respected Department of Energy research facility in Illinois. And the first page of the study has this huge disclaimer that says that uh, it's actually not the work of Argonne National Lab at all. It's written by two Argonne National Lab employees, but it's written as, as part of a uh, contract with the Battelle Memorial Institute. Um, and, that, and that it doesn't represent Argonne's uh, opinion at all. And, and we start looking into this and, and Battelle Memorial Institute is a major defense contractor. And it turns out that the essentially the Navy went to one of its contractors and asked for this report to be written, right? They, they kind of like, they asked the question. They said, um, we have a question about the shipyard. And right. it was a very specific kind of question, right?
1: Yeah, and it's, it's totally unrelated to the questions that are being asked now as, as a result of the faked data and everything like that. It's a simple question that... Um, the Navy would want to know in cleanups, which is that um, at the time they felt that they were having cost overruns with the cleanup of radioactivity. And they wanted to know how to reduce those costs. So it is a cost-cutting report. Right. And, um, and, and that was its focus, at, which is very clearly stated. So the Navy in, goes
0: to its contractor, it pays them, and it says, how do we cut costs? How do we reduce costs of removing radioactive waste at the shipyard in San Francisco that doesn't actually need to be removed. That's how they frame the question. And then um, their contractor goes to Argonne National Lab and uh, two Argonne scientists proceed to answer this question. They produce this report. But again, the question of data, right? Data is so uh, primary, the integrity of data, the honesty of data. And uh, we find that the data that they use to produce this report, is the same data that the Navy now says uh, is unreliable can't, and can't be, be trusted, trusted right? right? And and this is this is weird though because the Navy is now um, using this data, this report based on this old data, to make this kind of wacky claim about the shipyard, which is that um, the shipyard is essentially too clean and right. that they've spent all this money trying to clean it up when it's it's not all that bad in the first place.
1: Yeah, and and I mean, so there's that kind of incredible find that we realized as we were going through it. Like, oh wow, this is the same. This is the same data.
0: Yeah, it's the same it's all it's all the same kind of um, tainted data set at this yeah. point, right? And but you find that the uh, the Navy and other agencies are still relying on it in different ways.
1: Yeah. And then also, I mean we obviously went over this with experts and everything. And really uh, you know what they told us what we saw in there was in order to cut costs, what the recommendations are really is to increase the, um, the cleanup threshold. How, how can we clearly say that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah so there's, there like are going to be a lot of moments in this podcast say where we, this, yeah. oh boy. But basically, basically, the cost-cutting study comes down to recommendations that experts have told us would basically leave more contamination Do you want to in explain the the background? No, more, no, I'm not. No. Can, I'm you, exp- more, can you explain no. it concisely
0: in about 60 seconds? No. Go.
1: This we, is, this we is stuff that need, we, we, we don't even need to get into that. <laughs> here. Yeah.
0: We we spend like hours trying to craft <laughs> one paragraph about one clear paragraph about background radiation, you know. Which is which is levels.
1: radiation that exists already regardless of the navy working at Hunters Point. But in any event, um, so basically this report has suggestions that experts have told us would allow the navy to leave more contamination at Hunter's Point. Right. And some of those ideas are now in the retesting plan.
0: It's not actually about removing more uh, radioactive contamination. Fundamentally, it's about it's about gaming the standards and the numbers so that they can leave more stuff in the ground and call it clean, right?
1: Exactly. So we could clearly talk for a lot longer. Um, this is basically our day. This mm-hmm. is basically, we have let you into the craziness <laughs> that is our day. Um, but uh, before we get too deep into the weeds here, we wanted to let you know, uh, because this is going to be a weekly podcast now, that um, we have another story coming up. Do you want to talk tell a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, it's a follow-up to our previous story about Building 606. Uh, it was the, the police office at the Hunters Point Naval Shipyard. Um, all of these uh, police officers and civilian employees of the Citywide Crime Lab have uh, worked there since 1997, sort of in the heart of a Superfund Waste site. And we we published this story based on records requests, and we, we filed a follow-up records request after, after it published, and we got back a batch of um, pretty incredible emails. And it tells a very specific story about... Um, something that started happening around 2007. I think it's pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, I think that we were both, when we were going through these records, uh, pretty astounded. In in the other records we had seen, we sort of knew something about it, but we didn't fully know. And um, as you know, you're alluding to, it, it s- seems to be an example of the city knowing about a very clear hazard. That was right next to the police building, and and really not doing anything about it.
0: Yeah, so the keyword there is radiological screening yard. We'll leave you with that.
1: <laughs> uh, that, that, that should get you coming back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so so we would love to hear from you. Uh, let us know what you uh, find confusing, and uh, of course, if you have any tips, please follow us wherever you get your podcast. Please uh, subscribe, rate us wherever you rate a podcast. Uh, we are at Toxic Podcast. My Twitter handle is jfagoni, F as in Frank, A-G-O-N-E.
1: And mine is C cdizikis, D-I-Z-I-K-E-S.
0: And Toxic Podcast is produced by King Kaufman. And the Chronicles editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Join us next week for episode three. Take care.